0: Armstrong may have seen extraterrestrials on the moon.
1: When he spies a discernible shape. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind.
0: You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's
1: happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Full Spectrum Universe. My name is Rob Yox, your Saturday Night Savage. We are here with a tremendous show for you guys today. I have two people that I truly, truly enjoy talking to uh, all the time. Um, These two gentlemen are investigators. They are podcasters, and they are into uh, all all facets of paranormal tech and whatnot. Tonight, we have Ernie Atwell and David Seiler from Step Into uh, Step Into the Paranormal. They also have a special announcement that they're going to make tonight, so let's bring everybody on. Ernie, Dave, how are you? How are you doing? What's up, Rob? I how know, are Rob? you? Oh, it's going to be a great evening, guys. I love talking to you, and I truly think that we have some of the best conversations about the paranormal that there is to have. So uh, why don't you guys tell everybody, first and foremost, what your big announcement is that was just unveiled about about a half hour ago, 45 minutes ago.
2: Yep. Well, uh, to start off, Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you uh, for spending a few hours on Saturday with us. I'm totally honored. Uh, As you know, every other Sunday, uh, Paranormal Inc., which consists of Dave and myself, we host a radio show called Step Into the Paranormal. And at that point, I'll let our uh, tech specialist, Dave, take over and give you the guys the uh, big announcement.
0: All right. So basically, uh, if you go to www.paranormalinc.net, you can find our YouTube channel. You can find our Facebook page. Uh, At that point, you can also find us on Step Into the Paranormal radio show on Facebook. Just right here, here's where you you look. Step into the paranormal, you'll find us. A couple weeks ago, we were approached by uh, our home uh, station, WLFEDB Radio, uh, and they wanted to know if we wanted to go live on Roku. So as of tomorrow night, we are broadcasting live stream into uh, Roku Cutting Edge TV. Um, For those of you who have Roku-enabled TV, uh, all you need to do is go to your home screen and search for Cutting Edge TV. You'll find it. It's a free channel to add. Uh, we are live at 7.30 p.m. to 8, uh, or, excuse me, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, every other week starting tomorrow. And tomorrow night is episode 37 of Step Into the Paranormal.
1: That's going to be truly, truly awesome, guys. I'm so excited for you. I think that that is a tremendous opportunity. And you guys have such a great message when you guys are out there on the radio and, you know, doing your podcast slash broadcasts. And I think that this is well-deserved. I've seen every one of your episodes. I truly love Step Into the Paranormal. And this is going to be awesome to see you guys on TVs all across the country, man. I think it's truly yeah, epic. Excited. We, we appreciate really, it, Rob. Thank, thank you. you.
0: Thank you. We're, of we're, course. We're listen,
1: I, I love the dynamic between the two of you two. And, you know, you guys are friends. And when you joke around and it's having a good time, which is what this should be. And, you know, I I admire that. And, you know, it's kind of like when me and Melinda do our show, we have this incredible dynamic. You guys have that in spades as well. And I I can't wait to see it, man. I'm going to find a way to get onto there because I don't have Roku yet, but I am slowly cutting the cord. And I will be doing Roku as well because my cable bill is almost $300 a month. And that's no fun for anybody. And I had to replace the boxes three times this year. I mean, I'm telling you, I had a real problem with uh,
0: Comcast, but it's okay. It's okay. If you want to broadcast in Roku after the show, I'll, teach, I'll put you in touch with who the, who the owner of the company is and you can get on to Roku yourself. Come on. oh
1: on. man. well we're actually about to unveil a tremendous website. and from there we're gonna do a lot of stuff. Nice. We're not only gonna have uh, like paranormal shows and other types of news shows. We're gonna have like what's almost like a newspaper, an online newspaper where we talk about anything from headlines to paranormal to UFOs to politics. It's gonna be epic. It's gonna be epic. Awesome.
0: That's my girl right there, Teresa Sawyer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. They
1: love you guys, yeah. man. Yeah. We got a lot of people in the audience. There we go. Oh wow. You guys are, you guys are the best. Congrats on the Roku <laughs> deal. Yeah. Thanks. So for the people uh, we're on we're broadcasting on RU Media right now, RU Media Network, LLC. I'd like to thank my man uh Dave Oliver and Eric McGill for giving me this opportunity. This is the first interview of the year. I'm so excited it's you guys. It's only fitting. So the so people on on RU Media who may not know you or haven't been to your group on Facebook, which is Paranormal Inc., um, give us a little bit of how you guys got into the paranormal from that first moment that you knew. You can go one at a time, but that first moment you guys knew, like this is it. I'm going to do this.
2: I want to do this. We're headed in this direction. I um I'll I'll keep it brief before I turn it over to Dave, but um. I went on my first paranormal investigation in 1999 after many years of research and studying on religion and spirituality and prophetic vision and ghost visitation and all that stuff. It, uh, led me in the direction of investigating. um, I went out for years, you know, doing what everybody else does, visiting places we weren't supposed to go, things like that, seeing if I could gather any types of evidence. Um, in, I believe it was 2011, I was asked to be a guest investigator on a case with a organized team out of our home state. And eventually uh, Dave and I, we attended the uh, same karate dojo and, he never knew I was in the paranormal. I never knew he was in the paranormal. And one day he approached me about I'll do that. yeah, looking, looking at something and, you know, just to give me a wow factor, so to speak. And at one point in time, the team I was with, we were interviewing for investigators. So, of course, we interviewed Dave and without much thought brought him aboard. And then in 2017, after months of uh talking and collaborating with other people, uh Dave and I decided to start a solo project.
0: Well he was doing a solo project and I told him I'm coming with him.
2: Well <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the way it goes
1: sometimes. Yeah, listen, <laughs> so
2: uh
0: I'm
1: coming, that's it.
0: At that point, uh Paranormal Inc. Was, was
2: born and you know from then on it's just been of course our, our primary function is residential and commercial haunts and claims of hauntings. But we do have the bonus of uh participating in a lot of paracons and expos. And actually in four weeks we're getting ready to debut our third seminar. Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, so- I, I and I've I've actually been on Step Into the Paranormal and we talked about the last investigation you guys went on where you saw a childlike entity in the rafters and you thought that that was going on. I know you guys had, I believe, you guys still had some EVPs left to go over at that point. Has anything come about from that
0: that investigation? The the investigation we were on was actually a public investigation. Um, We are going back with a very small team to do a private investigation there now.
2: We were were asked by, um, we had a very good friend of ours, Kelly Miller. She's a, a psychic medium. And, she was our special guest investigator for both for the last two times that we held public investigations at this location. Well, she was so intrigued by the energy Mm -hmm. and the activity that basically what she did was got this mansion for the night and called in, you know, specific investigators that she wants on this case. So uh, it's, this month, actually, yep. the end of, this month, end of this month, a small group of us who are investigators, along with Kelly Miller, who's a medium, we will be going up and hitting it
0: for real. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. I can't wait to see what you guys get from that, because I know yep. when you were on the public investigation, you guys had some, uh, you know, some things that happened. And we'll get into that in a little bit once we get down the line. So now that you have guys got the Roku and, you know, you, you're you doing this podcast, what's your favorite thing to do as in is it radio broadcasting or is it like
0: podcasting you think well I, I'm a network engineer by trade um you know I, I love the tech stuff he likes the old school stuff so that's what that's why we when we do you know like what you know peas in a pod you know we're just we're there um I was born the day before Halloween so I've always loved creepy and spooky and I was doing paranormal investigation before I knew I was doing paranormal investigation. I was that guy that was rolling into old St. Mary's College with, with a small little flashlight and some friends trying to get creeped out. You know, actually, okay. not to cut him off,
2: but this is this is just how things tie together, Rob. Okay. The location he's speaking of is a place he visited. Now, a few moments ago, I said I went on my first investigation in 1999. Mm hmm. Just so happened to be the same place. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Now, that's awesome. For those of you yeah. that follow our step into the paranormal, or uh, excuse me, paranormal, paranormal page, <laughs> a few months ago, you're going to see some selfies Dave and I did on a a day trip on our motorcycles. Well, we posted some photos in front of um, the step graffiti. Yep, a, a graffiti wall. That's the location yep. he's talking about. Yep. That's the location where I did my first investigation 22 years ago.
0: Yeah,
1: isn't so, that wild? Like the synchronicity of your stories
0: in that sense, and yeah, how now you're here. part, the bizarre part is, and and I'll kind of get into this in a sec. You know, so throughout all this time, I, I you know I'm doing the investigation, not knowing I'm doing paranormal investigation. Well, what happened was my now ex-wife and I went on a trip to New Orleans, and down there we went into this restaurant that was supposedly haunted. Um, and it had a seance room and took some pictures, caught this really, really wild picture of a guy in a shawl kind of peeking around it, through the mirror. And as I am looking at it at the table, the waiter saw it and went, did you just take that upstairs? And I'm like, yeah. He goes scurrying off, comes back. The owner of the restaurant came up and said, can I see the photo? And he's like, yeah. So he says, can you email it to me at this email? Like, sure. Come with me, please. I'm like, oh, God, what did I do wrong? He takes me into this back room. There's hundreds of photos. So I get back to the karate dojo after the the trip. And I'm like, dude, 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 you got to see this bad photo. Oh, my God. And he's like, dude, I'm going to blow your mind. I'm like, what? He goes, I'm with prom. I'm like, you're going to prom? He goes, no, I'm with prom. I'm like, who's prom? (laughs) Paranormal researchers of Maryland. I'm like, huh? That's how I got to actually do a paranormal investigation. And then coming along the way, you know, he's like, you know, we're going to do a solo project. But as we became more and more friends through the dojo, we found out as police officers, I used to be an Anorna County officer. We used to work literally opposite sides on the sides of the street, sides of the wall. We just never ran into each other over all these years. My first girlfriend was one of his best friends. Her brother was his best friend.
1: That, that's how you know it's like meant to be.
2: You know and what you know, I mean? The thing, the thing, Rob, and I haven't even really told Dave the whole story, but I had in my career, I had a major change take place in my career back in 2014. And you know, it, it, it was kind of depressing. I was kind of contemplating, man, I, I'm I'm about ready to give this career up. Well, something I needed to, to fill a void in my life, so to speak. You know, I had my job, I was on my paranormal team that really wasn't doing a whole lot. And I was like, my next best passion in life was since age seven, I've always been involved in karate. Well, being a, you know, a black belt at my original school and I, I taught for X amount of years, I said, Hey, you know, now that I'm getting older, I'm going to rediscover my passion and I, I searched my neighborhood for like four months, uh local area looking for a new school to join and start over. And that's exactly what I did. And that's how I met Dave. And Dave and I became friends at the karate school for... A, I don't know, a year or two before yeah. we even knew yeah. each other. We just
0: threw each other around on a mat, right? not really. Didn't even know anything yeah. about the paranormal, you know, between us. We, we were just chatting on the mat. He'd throw me, I'd throw him. and But the, the,
2: point, the, the point of my story is, you know, I'm a firm believer, and we've discussed this uh, before, Rob. You know, sometimes in life, things take a turn for the better or worse. And my belief is at the time – we're not supposed to know why these things are happening, yep. whether they're good or bad, but eventually things will come full circle and you'll start to see the reasoning yep. and all the turns that my life took, you know, from 2014 to 2017, it led Dave and I to where we are now. And I'm a firm believer in that. Yep. I, I really am. And it's like all my questions of why did this happen or why didn't this go my way? Now I know because it got us to where we are now. Exactly. Because if those bad changes, so to speak, wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't have had the time or the, the, you know, same here to get where to get where we're at now. Same here. I mean, every
0: little turn that I've taken good or bad led me to going into that karate dojo. I ended up taking my daughter uh, who's now 14 and I'm like, well, while she's in it, why not I just join it instead of just sitting in the gallery? And you know, I started going to the adult class at night because she went to the kids' class during the, during the afternoon. So we stood there a couple extra hours, and that's how we hooked up and met up and just started chatting and went from there.
1: Isn't it wild how, like you said, there's no such thing as coincidence? But some that's that's one of the things about being a positive person that that is it's one of the most difficult steps is to see these bad happenings. Looking for those silver linings, Mm -hmm. and of course, it's always in retrospect when you're like, "Well, you know, that's why it happened like that." Mm -hmm. But going through those times can be difficult. So I, you know, but there is always like a light at the end of the on the other side of that dark that dark night. There is the light. The light comes again. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's 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 so fitting because you know there's a lot of things that happen along the way like that. But now you're here. Now you're about to do Roku and you're about to do, you know, step at the paranormal It's a very successful podcast. And, you know, I think that that's truly uh, a testament to your guys' character and the fact that you guys follow this path that, you know, you're destined for great things
2: guys. And I truly believe that in my heart. And, and I you think, know, you know, it, and to, to add to what we're, you know, talking about right now, um, You know, Rob, we were just talking a few minutes ago about my one and only trip to New York a few months ago. And you know why I was there. And the show that I got called up there to film is based on an occurrence that happened while I was at work. And, you know, many times the police department I'm at now, I didn't start my career at and. You know, many times I questioned, hey, man, was this a good move or whatever? But it's just those little things like that, that, you know, if I wouldn't have decided to take this new job, go to this new department. You know, what I experienced that night and months after that wound up making, you know, TV, it would have never happened, Right. You know, and it's just like sometimes you just got to I like to sometimes, Rob, put my brain on cruise control and just let it go where it needs to go and stop trying to figure things out. Sometimes you just got to sit back and enjoy the ride.
1: I agree with that. I agree with that because, you know, it was like 2020 for me personally, where I got laid off. I was working overnights and I was picking up boxes all night long at this place called a And we were an over, what we did is we had big pallets. We drove machines around with double pallets. And we just pull these boxes, 50, 60, 90-pound boxes off the shelf all night long. Oh, wow! And then we all got furloughed because of what was happening with, with the world, you know, mm-hmm. not to get too into it. But it gave me this moment <clears throat> where I had this, like, this clear epiphany, like I'm going to go do what I've always wanted to do. It gave me that redirection moment, you know, and it, as bad as it was because we did struggle for a little while with no money, the silver lining is now... All of my efforts are deemed towards my broadcasting, podcasting, making sure that takes off soon. We're going to have the website where I'm going to be doing my investigative journalism, which is going to be awesome because I love doing that, too. I love researching. So, you know, throughout these moments, sometimes they they make you who you are. These bad moments to bring you to that happy place where you wouldn't be able to enjoy have not that bad moment happened, you know, and. I think it's awesome. I think My it's awesome.
0: You used to always tell me you can't have a good without a bad. You can't have a happy without a sad. You can't have an up without a down. So there's yeah. gotta be something there. You know, he he was a very profound man. I mean, one of the things he told me is don't ever bring anything home. You can't crumple up and throw in the trash. I never got that as a kid. I got that as an adult. You know?
1: I get that too. I you know, as a kid I never really understood most of those things, but now I'm like, Yep, yep, they all make sense. Yeah. You what's know? the old
2: ad what's the old adage your parents say to you when it first crush crush breaks your heart that it's better to have loved, loved and lost, lost than to never have loved, loved at all. all. And think, and that's true. I mean, yeah. To back in the day, you know, growing up, those are just words. But when you think of things like that, yeah. that people say to you, uh, you know, reoccurring accusations, they, they run so much more deep when you think about it, Absolutely. you know? Right. And
1: that takes us actually to like one of the topics I kind of wanted to talk about tonight, which was, you know, this... Let's say even t- 30, 30, 20 to 30 years ago, Paranormal was what it was. It was very silent. It was under the radar. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of tech for it. There wasn't a lot of people investigating. And when you found these like-minded people, you guys would usually become a group because there was only five, six of you in a 50-mile radius that was yeah. actually doing this stuff. Right. Compared to today, right, it's such a dynamic change, and it's such an, there's such an arc to it. That now, like, we've gotten to this pinnacle point where they're so there's it's so saturated with people doing this that, you know, not everybody could be getting these specific things that they talk about. Or, you know, there's so many people and there's such a dynamic. Now, you guys, I'm sure, witnessed it all the way through. So what was that kind of like going from then to now? And how does that make you think about paranormal differently than you did back then? It... That's a rough question. I know it, it's a long one. It
2: is because my I'm, my mind's going back to 1999, you know what I mean? When, you know, all I had to rely on was things that I've learned, that I was self-taught through research, and I, I, I'm still an avid reader. I mean, Dave for Christmas gave me even more books, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm I'm reading constantly because I, I just think, knowledge is just your best weapon in every, everything, everyday life. But, you know, back then, you know, I can, I can recall going on my first investigation 22 years ago, like, like it was yesterday. And, you know, the only thing that I, I had with me was a voice recorder and an eight millimeter camera, a uh, video camera. And I had uh one, two, three friends with me. And it was actually their idea, you know, Hey, we're thinking about doing this and we know you, you, you study this and research is kind of crap. Why don't you go with us? And I was like, yeah, okay. And you're right, Rob, it wasn't something that, you know, was talked about around the dinner table yeah. like tonight, you know what I mean? And everybody had the, at least with people I dealt with had the wrong misconception that when you're out there looking for, Ghosts, or you're evil, you're evil, and yep. that you're inviting or you're looking for you. Yeah, you're part of the devil, God. yeah. yeah. And, and unfortunately, where we're located at, I mean, that's the way people viewed it. Like, you were as soon as you say paranormal or ghost hunt, or you know, people automatically would label it like, uh, you're a crackpot, or or the, you know, it's something demonic, yep. you're, you're trying to you know, raise the devil and that's not, that's, you know, you're into witchcraft
0: and, and now it's like the way I tell people is you're driving down the road. As you're driving down the road, you're the driver. You're looking straight ahead in front of you. You don't see all the stuff whizzing by you, but in the paranormal, when you are the passenger or you stop and take a look around, you start seeing things and there's the paranormal has been here forever for a long time. We're just not looking at it. Now that people are bringing it to the attention, hey, look at that beautiful hill over there. Hey, look at that farmhouse over there. Look at the cow down there. Now you stop and look. Oh, wow. What is that moving out there, that black shadow? Oh, what what, what is that
2: gray mist down there? Wait a minute. What's that voice? That just And see, so- you know what I, what I always think, Rob and Dave, is... Especially with dealing, we love skeptics, man. Oh, I love we it. love to convert. I got a skeptic story. We love, love to convert skeptics, okay? And if you make people see the scientific or the spiritual side of this field, you have a better chance of um, converting them, so to speak. Yep. And you know what I always think when a You know, I'll meet like we do a lot of seminars and, you know, I'll I'll say how many people here have never experienced something paranormal and the hands go up. And I'm thinking to myself while I'm speaking, how many paranormal experiences have they actually Actually had had had. and just their brains not programmed to pick up on it? You know what I mean?
1: Very true. Very, very true.
2: The best comparison I can make. I'm getting ready to start my Oh, God help me my 24th year as a cop. And, you know, like when people hear the word profiling, the first thing they think racial profiling, but in reality, profiling does not, there's so many forms of profiling facets to it. Yeah. That, you know, we can sit and profiling means being able to see somebody walk down the street based on their mannerisms or their yeah, actions i could tell you head, if they what, if they have a gun on them yep, you know what i mean yeah, there's so so it, many points of, of profiling it's and detail
1: oriented in yes, the sense that you're able thing. to see these things
2: yeah like for example i used to work in a very very high drug area and the people that was out there looking and waiting to buy drugs you could tell by the way they walked whether they were walking to get them Or walking to get the heck out of there because they just got Mm -hmm. them you know right at that i look at it uh the paranormal the same way when you train your mind to know what you're looking for Mm -hmm. it's the same thing you know and we open up a lot of our public investigations that we do with telling everybody to use all all of your your senses all five senses because the paranormal can affect and communicate with any one of them. Mm-hmm. But you just have to be ready because it happens quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. And the thing about what you were
1: talking about, profiling, was you were detail-oriented to catch on to specific patterns that exactly. happened during human condition. So Exactly. It, 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 that is the most sound advice you can give to anybody, is being able to know how your equipment works, right? So mm-hmm. when things do happen anomalously, you're able to catch it, and then what you can always do is like myself, I am so into the science of it, but also the spiritual side. And I, it's, it's difficult to decipher sometimes where my brain wants to go first. You know what I mean? Whether it's spiritual or scientific. But once you train yourself to be super skeptical and scientific, you can decipher between what is pattern of uh, some type of entity that is doing what it's doing. Or if it's maybe your eyes playing tricks on you, your ears playing tricks on you, because those things happen too. But when you get and you hone your craft into the sense that you see these patterns more and more often, sometimes the camera doesn't catch it. It's almost a rule of thumb. The camera won't catch it most of the time just because, you know, we are who we are and we put cameras up, but we're also doing other things and paying attention in different ways. So I understand what that means. And I think that that's sound advice to almost train your senses to be able to pick these things up. Otherwise, like you're saying, you're going to miss something. And that could be that pivotal thing that gives you whether it maybe maybe there is activity, maybe there's not activity. And see but, the
2: the the point of using the the term profiling was, you know, job related. If someone was used the term profiling, everyone's mind goes one direction. Paranormal used to be the same way. When you would say paranormal, oh shit, the devil. You know, that's yeah. just where it would go. Yeah. With a, but you have to open your mind up and understand what it means and exactly what you're doing. You know what I mean? I understand that. You know, you can, you can tell if someone's walking through an amusement park and have, and has to go to the bathroom just by the way they're moving and walking. And that's the same with everything. But you just got to watch for
0: and know what you're looking for.
1: Right. And that takes training too. It also takes experience most of the time, I think because, you know, well, maybe not so much experience because you can catch it on the first time, but to know if you caught it properly, yeah. you know what I mean, like not properly, but <coughs> as long when with the practice, you get to see it more and more, I guess you'll it won't be like a quick flash and then you don't know what happened, mm-hmm. you know because I remember <coughs> you know when starting off sometimes something like that might happen, and I was so inexperienced that I'm like, wait a minute, did that just happen did that happened right is that just happened And I kind of like didn't understand all of what was happening because of that, but with time and experience, it tended to be a little bit better, a little bit easier. And I, you know, I think that that's awesome. So let's go into like, the. let
0: me, me, so what a couple things that we do in our seminar is one of the things I teach. um, A lot of people don't know. I'm actually a lay minister with the United Methodist church. So I take the spiritual side as well as the scientific side and try to hone them together where people will understand. So if you actually take the spiritual side, you know for for the christians that are out there you know jesus died on the cross jesus rose from the cross jesus rose to the dead you know they're, they're, so that that happens as per the bible that's thousands of years worth you know they talk about you know different people rising up from the dead in the scientific side we know that the body produces energy that can actually be metered so scientifically we can meter that energy we also know scientifically that Energy cannot be destroyed. It can be augmented. It can be changed. It can be redirected, but it cannot be destroyed. So if the body makes energy, what happens to that energy when the body dies? Can that energy be redirected in another way?
1: Absolutely. So you I truly totally believe
0: together, that. Together, you're going to come up with a very, very, very profound and prolific epiphany. I,
1: I I agree with that. And the crazy thing that I, if we want to expand on that further is, you know, like we always talk about senses and your senses are formed because of the way you interpret things and your energy helps that too. So, you know, that's when that transfer happens to that specific, anybody's like, just like individuals here on this planet now that are alive, each entity will have its own individuality because no transfer is the same. Like, right. so, you know, some entities are able to touch things. Some mm-hmm. entities are able to change the the temperature or, you know, there's. I think they all have a little bit of like a different type of feel to them. And that's one of the things that I think is important, too, is when you go into these investigations to make sure you so, at least somebody in the group has a knowledge of what that place was before that entity either roamed there or what caused that, basically what caused the action of happening
0: that made it an entity to begin with. That's the difference between a paranormal investigator and a paranormal researcher. I'll tell you, I'm a paranormal investigator. He's a paranormal researcher.
1: I would say I'm a researcher then because I love to know, but Melinda is the investigator because she can go in, but not only does she have five senses, she has six. Yep. Because she's that medium and she can do that. That's what makes us, I think a really, it's got to like, you have low tech and high tech and we have, spirit and like research you know what i mean like there's a dynamic that we have because i think of things i'm good at at talking and i'm quick on my feet but while she's talking to the entities she'll communicate and i'll be like ask him this ask him that kind of nudge him a little bit so maybe we can get not like a reaction in a bad way in a respectful way but the, the right prompts to possibly get that uh basically that response you know
0: yep I mean, you we were talking earlier about skeptics and we love skeptics. And I got to give you this one, one story that we ran into. We had a, a big seminar at Haldeman Mansion up in Bainbridge, Pennsylvania. And this one guy walks up to me and just, he's a professed skeptic. He says, the only reason why he's here is his wife. Everything we're doing is BS, you know, whatever. And I, I said to him, look, I'm going to make you a promise. I'm going to promise you, I'm going to show you something tonight. I'm not going to show you a ghost. I'm going to show you something here you can't explain. That is my promise to you. And at the end of the night, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to ask you, did I show you something? He's like, whatever. He goes, I know your equipment's rigged, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, you, you follow the yellow brick road. So we <laughs> go much. upstairs on the second floor. He's in my group and his wife's in my group. He breaks off to the left. I head for a window straight in front of me. I put a couple flashlights up there. I put a REM pod up there, a K2 meter. You know, I have a yes, no box, a whole, whole bunch of things in the window. He's off to the left. He has this Coleman lantern that has a turn knob on the top. He puts in a lantern, turns it down in the window, sits there. And there's a known spirit there. His name's Jacob. Jacob is playful. He'll he'll play with the equipment in the window. He's great. And I'm like, Jacob, Mr. Dave, how you been, buddy? Long time though see. Hey, I missed you. Long winter, blah, blah, blah. By the way, this guy over here doesn't believe you're here. Can you come over here and turn on one of my lights for me? His light turned on quick. His reaction was like,
1: you didn't do that you didn't do that that's what they think after that and I yeah. think it's good to be a skeptic too it's I think it's a good thing like my research or when I'm finding let's say you know not to interrupt you but when I'm finding some kind of a some kind of action while we're out there I'm a skeptic that that even happens until I can go back look at it two or three times because I'm a skeptic of my own work you know what I mean
0: well you know I try to run run my investigations with what I call Occam's razor cut everything else that's away that's that you can what's left, no matter how improbable must be the truth. Well, tell him what, what his oh, reaction was. He actually, Oh, the dude, he picks up his lantern, goes out the, the back door where we were at. You hear him walking down the steps and the front door <laughs> to man, just slam. So we finished our investigation up there. I go out to the truck, you know, go, go looking for him, found him out by his truck. I'm like, first of all, are you okay? He's like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna ask you, well, as I promised, can did I show you something you can't explain? He goes, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I said, would you like to come back in and join us? Mm -hmm. He goes, no, 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 I'm, I'm okay. I'm like, well, why not? He goes, because that effing place is haunted.
1: Oh, you turned them out. You're like, oh, that's it. Uh, You got
2: got to figure, you know, Dave took his two little mag lights out and turned them just so they would go off and. Easily so then, set him on the windowsill, and you know this guy. And, yeah, this guy turns his lantern you know, off and sets, sets it over there, out of play. And Dave said, like, "Could you, you know, turn one of these lights on?" And immediately really the, lantern, on like the lantern
0: that. came on. The lantern came on, and it, it
1: was his too. So he couldn't even say anything. He was probably he white, as white as a ghost. White as a ghost.
0: It was beautiful. It was like <laughs> just his look, and he looks at the lantern, looks at me, looks at the lantern, looks at me. Didn't say a word. Picks it up and just walked out. <laughs> Well, i we, we we uh, I know
2: you want to move on, but one, one no, go on. ahead, man. I love these stories. Keep we going. Had, we had a uh, we hosted a public investigation at a very very old house in York, Pennsylvania. Now we had a <clears> bunch of it was before the pandemic, and I mean it sold out. I think in three, three days. days. Yep. So literally, people are coming up and. Knocking on, on the, door the door of this house and we're letting them in. So this, I opened the door and there's like four people standing there. And this lady goes, Oh, I think we're in the wrong place. And I said, well, what are you looking for? And she goes, my friends here are taking me to a haunted house. And I'm like, Oh, you're in the you're right, in the right place. place. Come on in. Well, what they did, Rob, this woman does not like the paranormal. She don't believe in the paranormal. It's all a bunch of crap and a waste of time. And, so they told her they were taking her to a haunted house. Yep. So she's thinking a Halloween attraction. Right. So cut through the chase. At that Later that night, we're yeah. in the bedroom and we're running a uh, phasma box and we have one of our medium friends there and activities kicking up. And this woman had one of the little mag lights and <laughs> it was turned off,
0: but just sitting
2: in on in the, the floor. Middle,
0: in the middle of the floor between her And legs. she's
2: sitting Indian style and the, the flashlight's on the floor and you know, we're we're doing the typical. You know, could you knock on the wall? Whatever. All of a sudden, Rob, this woman's flashlight just rolled up. rolled off oh. into the middle of the floor by itself. All oh by she God. lost it. She she got up, never said a word, straightened her shirt. Didn't even pick her flashlight Get up. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> they can have that one. I'm out. You know, I've never had that moment
1: yet, but I'm waiting for it. That one moment that just shakes to the core, and you're like. Okay, I give in. You're you're right. I'm out of yeah. here. I haven't gotten there yet, but hopefully soon. I mean, that would be great. That would be great. So let's get into some other stories you guys have. I know you guys got plenty of stories. Is what's tell us how Paranormal Inc. You know what was the idea behind it? What's the um, what are you guys looking to do with that specific group other than just you know step into paranormal? Is there motivation for it? So let us know a little bit more about it.
2: Well like I said, I was, I was with a a team and they were fairly large. Um, I think it was either nine or 11 members and I, I got to the point in the paranormal field where I I just wanted to do other things than just go out and pay and investigate somewhere. And, you know, I, I come up with this idea that, you know, because I, I, I had been to other events and, you know, I, I seen the way other people were coming into the field and, you know, I got to talking to Dave and, you know, not that we're not saying we're any better than anyone else. Cause we're not, but I said, Dave, I, I want to start like educating people. There's so much more we can do with the, it. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I want to take this a step further. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I would like to work on speaking to people and, you know, people that's never done this, but because I, I love the people that have the passion and really want to investigate for the right reasons, you know, um, for the knowledge, to help the spirits. And, you know, Dave and I just come to the point where we wanted to start doing, so to speak, like seminars and leading investigate. Well, I mean, we always, you know, dreamed about we would love to lead a public investigation yeah. and just teach people and show them. And sure enough, once Paranormal Inc. formed, it just it it just started coming our way. Like a week later, we were hosting our first uh, public investigation and a
0: seminar up at Holman yeah. yeah, and
2: we were, we weren't new to the field, but we were new, new to, to the, being solo, yeah, right. And taking it in this direction. Yeah,
0: and we how we came up with the name is because he's a current police officer. I'm a former police officer. PI. We were thinking, you know, par, you know, private investigator. Well, no, not probably. And as soon as he said private investigator, I went, How about paranormal investigator? PR Paranormal Incorporated. And he goes, I like that. So it kind of just thought, so because we were wanted to do the seminars sort of, you know, as a training, um, things like that. You guys really helped me. Thank you. Hi, Christy. And that's that's the way, like someone just the other night,
2: uh, one of my friends who knew about a switch in the Roku TV. Um, Asked me about the, you know, the name of our show, Step Into the Paranormal. And where we came up with that name for the radio show is that's the name of our first First seminar seminar we did. You know, it was entitled Step Into the Paranormal. And it was like a paranormal 101. We explained the types of haunts. The who, what, where, when, and whys. And this is your basic equipment. And you know, Dave would pass it around and
0: let people touch it. Let people play Play with it it
2: and figure it out. And then after a small break and some refreshments, you know, it's like, guess what, guys? We're going on a four hour
0: investigation.
1: It's time. You know, you're about to get your feet wet and let's get to it. But I think
0: and we would hand the equipment to the people to let them play with it and let them understand why it's doing what it's doing.
1: That's the biggest part.
0: That's it's that. That
1: to me is understanding why each equipment is doing what it's doing, I, even I, down to the properties of it. Is one of the most um, another one of the most important things that you could really, you know, information you can really have. And,
0: and the,
2: the, thing really that, is. the thing that the thing that I like to stay on track with, Rob, and you know, our, our uh, closed Facebook page, Paranormal Inc. I started that six years ago when it was originally named uh, American ghost hunters. And the reason I started that page was to bring everyone to try to bring everyone together, you know, from all different States, you know, Hey, this is who I am. This is the team I belong with. This is the investigation we went on. Here's some evidence, you know, and the primary function of that page was just to get everyone together, you know, no judgment, Hey, what is this? What does this look like? And then once Dave and I teamed up and started Paranormal Inc, out of respect you know, for Dave, I, we changed the name of the page, Paranormal Inc. Yep. But my point being, and you know this, right now it just seems like the biggest problem in the paranormal field is paranormal competition. Yep. And I, I don't like that, man. We're all yep. in this. Everyone's in it for can different this, reasons. See if you could read that. This is our motto right here one love one love yeah i thought i said you, i love but then i'm like nope that's a one people are in it in the field for different reasons but if you trace those real reasons back we're all in it for the same reason yes and you got the knowledge you've got to keep that in mind man you know let's let's share the knowledge let's share the experiences you know what i mean and if everyone works together i mean look at look at I mean, where we can go with this. Yeah. If, if, if everyone's on the same team,
0: you know if what I mean? If you think about this right now, if we went back 200, 300 years, and you, say, fell on a stick and impaled your leg, what's most likely going to happen?
1: You're going to get your leg cut off. You're going to die
0: cut off or die of an infection. All right, because medical field was in its infancy back then. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to today, you fall on, on, on it, most likely you're going to go through a couple months of therapy, sew it back together. You'll be fine. All right. Same thing with the paranormal field. Right now, we are in our infancy. We're just learning. You know, what is a you know a EM field? What is a EVP? What? So we're trying to find better ways to get these. And I, I, I wish I could like step in three hundred years from now just to see because I, I, I have a feeling. Hey, great great grandmother, how you been? I love you. I miss you. I wish I could have met you. Yeah, cool. I fully expect that. I I agree
1: with you. And I think one of the big things that you guys do is pass that information on. You know, one of the things is always that, you know, they say like the student becomes a teacher eventually, because when you guys take what you've learned, give that to somebody else, and then they come back to you with some different idea of how they learned it from Uh, you. It truly connects dots. And for us to figure out how, not figure out, but for us to find out what this truly is is, At its core, it's going to take a mass amount of people. It's going to take a mass amount of dots that come connecting together. And I believe in that myself. That's why I try and stay down that middle rut. There's nobody I won't work with. There's nobody that is too big for me to work with. I'm here to work with everybody and anybody, no matter what the situation or what the baggage is in it. Ego has to be left at the door when you walk into these houses not only, not only are you walking into a dangerous situation if you don't approach it right, you're also going to get into an emotionally charged situation okay. where other aspects of your emotional imbalances can come into play Absolutely. and everybody has them. And also you're walking into a situation where you don't know what it is, no matter what you say you think it is. There's right. no definitive actual scientific Evidence that, spit, that spits exactly what it is to you. Right. Therefore, you don't know what you're looking out for. So, Absolutely. you have to be on high alert. You have to be into the game and you have to love it because they will, the other side, after that veil, they can pick up on all that and turn your night into a living hell if Amen. they think you're there for
0: the wrong reasons. And see, that's one of the things about the, sci- a lot, the scientific community doesn't really believe in paranormal because they can't prove it with the scientific method. It's not a reproducible experiment that they can prove or disprove with. But, you know, it's like trying to hit a moving target the same way every time. You're not going to do it. It's it's going to change every time. So there's no real experiment you can do over and over and over again to prove or disprove. And I can tell you, you
2: know, after hundreds of investigations and in different locations, different states, whatever the case may be, if I was to go somewhere, if I was to get up from this table right now and go somewhere and investigate, I can almost guarantee you I will learn something that I don't know right now sitting here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's every time you get out of your car and you walk into that venue, you're walking out with a new piece of knowledge, even if nothing happens. Even if it's the same venue over and over and over even again. Even if nothing happens while you're there. You'll still, you're still learning maybe why it didn't happen or, you know, what could have caused it to be less active than that. So you're always walking away with a, with a key piece of evidence to something. You just have to look at it for face value. Yeah, exactly. You kind of have to know know, what to look for, for. you know, and you, you made a good point, Rob. And, you know, for example, let's say the three of us were in a location right now and we're doing some EVP work. And you ask a question, Rob, like, yeah, you know, whatever. Can can you identify yourself or let us know you're here? Well, later on, when we do evidence review, you get a direct response to all three of us that sounds like a woman. That woman answered you. Now, being the skeptic that I am, did we capture something that wasn't physically there with us? Absolutely. There was no women with us. But on the other hand, prove to me that it was a ghost. You can't do it. All right. All we all right. got at this point is something come across that recorder that sounds like a woman, and we all three heard the same damn answer. Mm-hmm. And it's left there. We have no way of proving what it was,
0: who it was, why it was. He has an EVP from Haldeman Mansion. Um, it was him, another Dave, and another guy who were there. And they were talking about the spirit I was talking about earlier, Jacob. And basically, they were talking about the room. And as they talked about it, you hear this little girl go, Jacob, you hear her. Clear as day. Class A EVP. And there was no children there and no girls there. No, it was girls there. But oh. it was all it was all adults. All, adult, I it mean, was all I, adults. I mean, I mean children. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. No, no, no children there. But it was an adult party. So- and you can hear it's a child speaking. I can mean, I put the there? No.
1: No, but uh, you can say that there's something going on there. You have okay. evidence that something that you can't explain has happened. So now and that's, that's the part of skepticism. And that's a great, great thing.
2: I don't know. Like, you know, sometimes as investigators, of course, we look at things differently than a skeptic and, you know, for example, there's been claims over the years, and I'm going to touch on the religious side of it for a second. You know, certain um, Virgin Mary statues that move or cry, that cry tears, tears or yeah. whatever. Okay, certain people, certain followers believe it's a certain message. Now, you may have the scientists come in and say, scientifically, you know, we can reproduce Using whatever chemical or oil, you know, based on what the, the statue was constructed of hundreds like, of years ago salt, yeah. yeah, to make that look like it's, it's crying blood. Fine. I believe that. However, suppose it is a true supernatural or miraculous message coming from up above. And they're using those elements to create that event. So at one point the scientists have their theory where all along everyone else has their theory when both of them are right, you know, and it's the same like when <clears throat> electrical things happen. Okay. It could have been a short, it could have been this, it could have been, that it could have been a million things. Maybe that energy is using that
0: to, to produce yep.
2: that message they want across.
1: That's an awesome way to look at it. And sometimes people have a a problem deciphering between that. They think one way is better than the other when they're truly both equally important down the line. And You know, that's uh, to me, one of the things I love the most is EVP. Because to me, I don't know why, but I feel like it's almost direct communication in in a way, you know, that I could uh, that like mediums or psychics. They have the ability to do that without that EVP equipment. So when I get that, it's sort of like on their level, and I, I think that that's truly awesome, awesome. So let's get into like some of the, the either craziest moments you guys have had or some of the ones that totally just blew your mind, a moment that just like you were like,
0: all right, I, that, that is what it
1: is. I can't even explain it.
0: You want me? I, I, all right, let me do it. As me... far as crazy, elaborate. All right. <laughs> I'm going to go with the, the – the, the, all right. Everybody has a flight or, fight or flight reflex everybody all right usually as a police officer you're chained, you're actually trained to fight we were here at a location and we we were actually the prize of a radio show um, and we had several uh, people there that won the prize and they brought a friend several DJs from the radio station several producers and Ernie is about three feet in front of me we have equipment on the floor. Um, and I have a young lady attached to my arm right here holding on to me because she's scared. And I'm in a doorway right below it, and I hear right behind me oh. turn on my flashlight. Uh, nothing. A nah, nah. couple seconds later, you hear
1: okay, let's look again. Look again. Where what the hell is that? All right,
0: a couple seconds later, you hear what sounds like a handful of pebbles dropping. And i what the heck is going on in here? So about the fourth or fifth time of this, just as I'm turning the flashlight off and I shove it into my belt, Christina, the guest, grabs hold of my arm. And now these are major plaster walls. So they're thick plaster. They don't move. We actually had some people saying, could this have been faked? And we went back and showed. I was actually hit the wall with my shoulder. There's no way. It sounded like a truck hit the wall right next to me. Oh my I, it sounded like, and the whole mansion went like this. My reaction was, I went that way. right? But I had Christina in tow and Christina's friend in tow. Everybody else in the room went that way. Ernie went like this. <laughs> he was right in front of me. Now I'm like this. This landed right there. I went down to run, and he had time to look up, and I clipped him. Oh
1: around. man.
0: He's walking around the room going, "Oh
2: my god, you broke my nose." I went, "Rob, I went completely off of my feet cuz <laughs> I I stepped, I stayed, I stood my ground cuz I didn't want Dave to run over the equipment. You know what I mean? Right. It was so dark, I don't think he realized
0: I was there. I didn't. I hit him like a linebacker with my forehead right in his beak. You could actually see the birds going around his head.
1: That's so, crazy.
0: After we kind of settled him down, we went into that room where everything was going on and our equipment kept going nuts. Can't explain it. So the next day, we had another investigation at the Haunted Trails in Gettysburg. Did you post this on PI? I somebody did. said they can't find it. Yes, yeah, right, right in the thing. It, oh. it was like, yes. Um, he comes up with these big old Stevie Wonder glasses. And I'm like, dude, what's up with the glasses? And he goes, he looked like a raccoon oh man i got him good i got him good
1: that's that's crazy i did it to my cousin by accident we were playing flag football and i got like <laughs> i guess i got blocked and my head like the side of my head hit his clavicle bone i broke his oh. whole broke his whole stuff over there man it was pretty bad it was pretty wow. bad but wow. so you know i i what i was doing is i i sent you guys a couple of articles a little bit throughout the way i sent it to ernie because i was looking at it i saw i found this one thing and this is what i want i want to say it to you guys i want to get your reaction from it now this article is essentially about this guy he's just saying whether you know things that he finds are they real are they not real? he's really questioning it and he's a skeptic so i'm going to read this to you and it's just basically you know he hates saying this And he's cringing because the one statement I get from others when I question their data, which which happens whenever you're on an investigation, especially when you got split up, you question each other's data. Right. And he reads articles and blogs on the topics of of hauntings and EVP all the time because of debunking something. And he enjoys doing it because and it redirects us onto a path of paranormal research as opposed to investigation. And if we stop acknowledging the fluff and the garbage, it might lead us to some answers and explanations. Do you feel that when he's saying this, that he's actually on the right path by, if we kind of can get rid of some of this fluff that people think maybe might be or not be with some more sound evidence that people have been, you know, it's been verified, shall we say, do you think that ultimately it's going to bring us to that answer that we're looking for? Or is that fluff important too?
2: I, I, I don't believe in sugarcoating or exaggerating anything. Um, You know, if you're left with, you know, if, if you exhaust every Avenue and something can't be recreated or whatever the case may be, I mean, you're more likely to have somebody believe what you're presenting to them. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, no matter what the reason is that we're investigating, we all want that that high. You know what I mean? We of want course. that one piece of evidence. We want that photo, that audio. But at a certain point, your mind can start matrix, matrixing, matrixing and making even you, you believe think? something's not what it is. And you always have to keep that in mind and 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 rule that out. Because, you know, if you keep, for lack of a better term, keep crying wolf, when you do come up with something good, it's going to be questioned. Yep. You know, that's why you got to you gotta keep <clears throat> it 100%
0: all the time. Try to disprove, try to debunk, try yeah. to figure out how it can be normal first. Right. Again, back to Occam's Razor. Cut everything else away that you can and what's left, no matter how improbable – has to be the truth right
1: right right and one of the things that you know that gets me too is a lot of these people they achieve some sort of well let's say fame or sense or renownment and people see what they do and some of the time and i hate to say this it's not genuine you right. know they they are playing these things because they have this and people take it as what it is in the sense of they're getting something that's you know special or different or and this fluff really mm-hmm. in, it infringes on what we're trying to do more than those people actually think they they're using this this uh, renownment rather than using it as an asset they're using it as something that can damn us all and think,
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna use a quote that Dave uses when we're hosting a, a public event. You know, most of the people that come to them, some of the folks are are, are genuine investigators. Some are there for the the spook factor. You know what I mean? And that's all good, man. That's why we do it. We want everybody to have fun. fun. But one thing that Dave always says before we start is, I can't promise that I'm going to show you a ghost, but I guarantee you will walk out of here scratching your head saying, what the hell was that? Yeah.
1: That's important, you know, and uh, that disclaimer at the very beginning to say that is what's truly important because people they don't realize that, you know, we're not willing anything to happen. It's happening on its own, and that's the way it has to be. It can't be us. It can't be us trying to find something that's not there. All right. And I think that that's important.
0: Well, that's why I'm happy to hand them my equipment because that one guy swore that my equipment was rigged and 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 whatever. I'll hand you my equipment. Um, I have um, a box. It's a yes, no box. And, you know, I tell people in in the investigations, remember, if you're on a a public event, they've heard, tell me your name. Uh, Tell me how you died. Ask them some weird questions to see if you get reaction. And we weren't really getting anything. And this one girl looked up and goes, is Dave full of bullshit? Just like that. All the equipment went off at one time. <laughs> and she like, beat herself laughing. And at that point, because the energy came up, we started getting answers like that. You know, people have to keep in mind
2: when they're trying to make contact with something, whether they're called in on a, a serious case or they're just out ghost hunting on a public event. Speak to that entity just like we're speaking. Just like you would. You know what I mean? Because there's nothing. They're nothing but a person just like we are. Talk to them about things like that.
0: You know what I mean? Don't provoke. Never, never. I'm I'm going to tell you and you and you and you out there, do not provoke. Because all you're going to get is bad juju coming back at you. Yeah, That's right.
1: Karma works after the fact. You know, after they've departed, it still works.
0: Yeah. I mean, the way I tell people, if you come into a house and you go, hi, thank you for letting me in your house. I love your house. Can you show me around a little bit? Or if I come into your house and go, hey, what the hell are you doing here? Answer me now. Which way are you going to get a, a really
2: good reaction right. off of? And it's not so much, you know, when we say provoke, we don't, you know, of course, you don't want to provoke nothing no. evil. No. But, you know, when we when we use the term provoke, we mean a, across the board. Oh, any, you any know, spirit. you want to just have respect. Yeah. You know, even if you're investigating somewhere where, you know, the person that, once lived there or died there, wasn't the best person. Right, they weren't always that way. When they were born, they were born innocent. Right, treat them with respect. You know, I I agree with that. And the thing I think about that too is
1: knowing having a historian in a group is important because you're able to come up with a strategy so you're not stepping over that line once going into these places too. You know, you don't want to try. Sometimes, you know, people don't take into consideration what actually has happened and then they go into this 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 room that's gung ho where something terrible happens and what they have like let's say the person had shot themselves and they have this specific machine that looks almost like a gun they don't realize that maybe yeah. that's not the best thing to do using that in that specific room there yeah. has to be a game plan from start to finish and it has to be followed to the t in those in those moments and i truly think that that's also going to get you your best your best evidence in that moment because you're taking consideration and they, they feel that I truly believe that the other side feels that when you do that, you know, you don't want to be a bull in a China shop.
2: Also taking the consideration that, you know, depending where you're investigating at doesn't necessarily mean the responses you're going to get have to do with where you're where you're at. Like, Best example I can think of right away is if you're investigating somewhere like Gettysburg. You're automatically going to think, you know, field hospitals, soldiers, Union, Confederate, you know, guns, where in reality. Someone may have a message for you and you're there and you're in the right frame of mind and that spirit may know, oh, shoot. This is why they're here. Now's a good time to get that message across. So always have an open mind. And remember, spirits can travel. You know, they're not under the the same time zone, so to speak, that we are. And just because you're at a battlefield or you're in a house where someone was murdered, that doesn't necessarily mean that's the
0: response you're going to get. Yeah, we've run into that several times. Um, of Weber, who is Mike King's wife. Um, she was on one of our investigations, um, at the heritage museum, uh, fire and police museum, um, up North of us. And she, we got direct response directed at her very specific details that she started crying about. That
2: Mike didn't even know. Mike, didn't, Mike even know. didn't even know about. And I actually wound up taking Dreama outside to get her some fresh air and, and, and regroup. And I sat her down and I said, you know, explain to me what you're feeling, what triggered you? Really? And she started telling me this story like that, that happened with her in the past, and holy cow, Rob, all and our right evidence and everything we were right on the nose right on the nose. yeah, and I it, think
1: that's crazy too. And, and the funny thing is is that that goes back to like this saying that it's not always the place that's haunted. it's what you need to see it when you need to see it in that right. sense. Or like Gettysburg, I've truly believed that Gettysburg is just this place where residual energy Is always present because of the horrific things that happen there that when you step into there, your psyche becomes enveloped in it, which opens up these channels to the other side that may not be there if you're just doing a regular investigation because of the
2: power of the energy. There's so many natural materials in Gettysburg that can
0: hold and house that energy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We were on investigation, uh, world's largest ghost hunt in Gettysburg at the uh, Dave Stewart farm. And I was out in the field. We actually had a video camera going. And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, you know Civil War, blah, blah, blah. And I put an put Echo Vox up. And I'm like, so um, who is this? And you hear this. This is John. I'm like, John, did you live here? Yes. I said, John, w- what do you do? And he said, Minute Man. And I had to think for a second. Wait a minute. Uh... Minuteman's not Civil War. I'm like. To it's said, a revolutionary war. What happened, John? And you hear him go, I died. And I'm like, I mean, the whole group's hearing this. And I'm like, you know, so said, did you have a family? Yeah. And what happened to them? They died too. Ah! And it stopped. Well, that same night, because Dave and Dave mm-hmm. had a group
2: and I had a group and I was out in the field. And. The group I had was small. It was, uh, I believe it was two other gentlemen and and two females. And Christina, the one that was on Dave's arm when he damn near knocked me (laughs) unconscious, she was there. And we were running whatever piece of a a spirit box, whatever. I don't know exactly which one. We have everything recorded now. But whatever we were making contact with called called me out by name. So – I knew it was time to elaborate on this. So I said, if you know me, then you know my mother's name. Well, it gave me my mother goes by her middle name, but it gave me my mother's first proper name. Wow. Well, then I even went even further. You know, I said, what is my father's name? It said my father's nickname. And I said, OK, if you so, know so much about me, where do I live? Now, I live in Brooklyn Park, and Arundel County. And the response I got was Brooklyn. And wow. the people there were like, why is it doing this? And I was like, on a serious note, guys, I'm like, I think someone has a message for me. And what better time than to get me this message than when my brain is in this mode? You know, because Dave and I are so preoccupied with entertaining and educating other people that maybe, you know, it was time that one of us had a message coming and we were ignoring it. Well, lo and behold, uh, when I got, because I haven't seen my parents in a very long time, uh, like a day or two later, one of my cousins had contacted me and said that my father was really sick, that, you know, he's developed this, whatever, over the years. And, you know, in my mind, Rob, that's what I think. Someone was trying to let me know. You know what I mean? That's incredible, too. And and the thing about
1: it is, too, when you get those messages, especially when you're doing what you guys do with these public events and teaching other people, sometimes you lose the fun <coughs> by making sure that they're having a good time. And I right. guess that message brought you back to like, OK, maybe I need to, you know, do a little bit more of having fun with this, too. Mm-hmm. And it happens to everybody. You know, sometimes life gets crazy. You go on an investigation. It's just not what you had in mind for that weekend, but you did it anyway and you're not always there. So I would tell you, you know, try and try and not go to those places during those times. And but then again, I wouldn't say don't either because you might get that message like you got that you needed to hear that day. So it's like, you know, it's always like an up and down too. That 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 leads me to one of my other questions is that what if you could go to one place across the whole world to investigate the way you wanted to investigate. Where would it be and how would you go about investigating it? I It's a big question. It's a
2: long I, one.
0: Too. I would go to the Skimwalker Ranch. Boom. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> see, I,
2: <laughs> I started this journey in paranormal by being a very uh, committed researcher in religion. I personally would want to go somewhere where over the years people have had visions or, you know, alleged, you know, miraculous experiences have happened. And I would go totally old school. Man, I would have nothing but a digital camera and a voice recorder and I'd be set.
1: So someplace that almost has never been investigated, but there have been strange occurrences? Is that what you mean?
2: Oh, I I mean however many times it's been investigated. To me, Rob really I it doesn't matter, but I would like to go something like in, uh, to Fatima in Portugal.
1: Yeah. I would like to,
2: I would like to go to Lords or maybe somewhere over close to the Vatican in Rome. Um, you know, as you know, I'm, and I was just laughing with Dave about it. I, I, in the, the concluding stages of writing my first book and there's a little, uh, passage I do in there about the uh sighting at Fatima and you know how that plays into different things and I I just I'm so fascinated with those stories and just you know there's so many stories in in religion where people have had sightings and you know spirits visit them and for whatever reason and that's basically what got me into this in the first place you know I mean Back in the beginning I had no intention whatsoever of investigating. I was just so enthralled with the whole, you know, spirit realm. And the more I read and the more I educated myself, the happier of a person I was. You know what I mean? I had no idea it would lead me down this <clears> path. <throat> yep. So to answer your question, I would have to go somewhere spiritual. That's awesome.
0: Yep. Yeah, my mine is skinwalker ranch. Every I've been asked this question probably ten times, and it's the same answer because they have not only paranormal there, yeah. they have cryptids there, they have aliens there, they have just the whole ball of wax there, and they—it's not just you know the shows that are doing it. this has been under investigation since the early '60s.
2: This is what I'll if you ever go to Skinwalker Ranch, Rob. This is what we're going to do. I'll be there with you guys. Tell me, I'm going to be there with you. That's what we're going to do. We're going to send our drone up and we're going to send Dave out in one of the fields by himself. Yep. Now, because when Dave heard a (laughs) and almost killed me, When he sees a skinwalker, I just want us from an aerial view seeing his fat ass run across that field by himself. That would be funny as shit. I'm not gonna lie about
1: it, but that That you know,
0: boy, run that fast! Come
1: on now, I I would be. I would run on the water if I had to. If I was scared like that, you kidding me? I got long legs. I'm six foot one. I can. I can definitely gain distance. That's for sure.
0: UFO going by, and then you see a skinwalker on the Grant. I'd be leaving footprints on his back.
1: That's a fact. That's a fact. See, that's cool though, because I started with UFOs. You know, I was so into UFOlogy and UFOs, but as you <coughs> dug deeper, you know, with the UFOs, it turned into cryptids and paranormal because there's this, there's this happening that places that have never been, I guess that even through history, they were never haunted or there was never any, any uh, action there or, Entity or strange things, all of a sudden through the 60s, it started to get this activity like these ley lines just came to life. And I believe that the UFOs have something to do with the Bigfoot because the Bigfoot is almost like an interdimensional being as opposed to extraterrestrial. It could just hop and phase in and out of dimensions, you know. I I have
2: a question for you. Go ahead. I've had one experience in my life in 1987 where I saw something in the sky. I've watched multiple shows on UFOs and all that stuff. Um, As recent as just a few years ago, up until 40 years ago, people have seen the same exact thing that I, I think I saw. I saw it before I even heard these stories. And just about three years ago, a friend of mine who's, on a paranormal team, and she's a uh, medium. She called me up and was telling me about something that she saw. And just so happens, it's a it's the same thing I saw in '87. I got to get with you, you know, one on one and give you my thoughts and, and and hear what you have to say. Because to this day, I still have no idea what the heck it was that I saw.
1: Well, absolutely, absolutely. I've I've researched so many. I have literally gone like as a gambit. Of MUFON, I don't know if you know what MUFON yeah, is, the Mutual UFO Network. I have literally like looked at case files. I think it's from like 1972, almost to like ni- like 2001, 2002. I haven't gotten past there yet because I started to do more paranormal stuff. But I literally sat there for just <gasps> hours a day reading case file, case file, case file, case file. I have. I, it's not like I. I'm not to be conceited with knowledge on it, but there are so many similarities and patterns that happen between these occurrences, especially when they're in like the same area. It's, it's the most wildest thing you've seen too. It's like some of them that are like exactly 10 years apart, but like a day or two off. Right. And they're like, and they're like approximately 10 miles from each other. And then another 10 miles from that in 10 years, there's so many synchronicities as you go through it, that it'll make, make your head spin.
0: Well, it's the coolest thing. 84 to 88. I was an operations specialist in the U S Navy. USS there you go. Radar. You got your uh, paranormal ink hat. Oh, do I? Oh, sorry. I usually have my, my military hat on. So my, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'll start. Um, he's like, oh. Uh, but um, my, my job was radar tracking and navigation. And, you know, they're just, the government is just starting to release, like, the videos, like the Tic Tac video and, and and those kind of videos. Those contacts have been going on for many years. Those sightings have been going on for many years. When you have you know a, a, a CVN class aircraft carrier that has different kind of weapons on them that potentially could be attractive to other you you could be investigated. And yes, there are camera footages, there are radar trackings, there are NTDS trackings, there are other, Uh, Fire control radars that have tracked these kind of vehicles coming close to a battle group. So, you know, I I love how they're just coming out now saying, oh, uh," you know, I think the reason why they're coming out is they're kind of letting us know, kind of getting us prepped. that eventually in the next 10 years or so, we're going to have an alien landing and they're going to be like, oh, hi, they're friendly. Uh, No, you've known that for years. Come on now.
1: That's true, you know, and it's funny because like they don't even call it UFOs anymore. Now it's it's UAPs, yeah. unidentified aerial phenomena. Yep. Well, they did that also because a lot of what they were doing was experimental terrestrial craft like the TRB eight and these other different triangle crafts that they were literally trying to figure out these the the functionality of this triangle because people are seeing all these triangles wow. and if it would work. What I saw was a triangle. Mm-hmm. It had lights that went straight down it like this, right? Almost like a dove flying in a painting or like yep. a bird flying in a painting in the distance. It
2: had it had it looked like, like a off-white LED lights. But in the tip of the point was one red light.
1: They've said that too, and it's crazy because you know. One of the things that I, I believe—I forget which actor saw the lights over Phoenix.
0: Hold on for a sec. Uh, Jerson, Alia, contact Ernie or me. We can get you the merch. Yeah, I was, <laughs> was going to say, Jay,
2: message me. We we got the merchandise.
1: Yep. Yeah, baby, get that merch, kids. Get that merch. It's worth it. It's worth it. We have beanies sure. caps as well. That's awesome. I'm gonna get one too. No, but like, what happens is that this gentleman—I forget which actor it was—I want to say it was like Kurt Russell or something. But they were they were having uh, flights right. over you're over Phoenix. And it's called the Phoenix Lights, and they were actually proven to be terrestrial craft in the shape of a well, triangle. It was the wildest you thing.
2: You don't, if you don't mind, can I take about two minutes and tell you that's the story? Because absolutely, two. absolutely, I want to hear it. Go ahead. A friend of mine, we used to go to the local movie theater on Sunday nights. Okay. We had school the next day. We were uh, seniors, I think. So it was about 930 at night. We're coming out of the movie theater and traffic was just at a dead stop. So we were about a half a mile to the main road. So we're thinking it was an accident. Now, this is going to sound absolutely crazy. I swear I was sober. I don't do drugs. As we inched up to the intersection, people were out of their cars and everything. Rob, there was the triangle, okay? It was white lights, one red light. And it was sitting completely still. It wasn't moving. It made zero sound. People were just out of their cars staring at it, okay? It must have remained for a good three or four minutes. Wow. That's long. It did. It was sitting like this. Instead of just turning, it went up like this. It went like this. Then back down like this and started going forward. Wow. Very slow. No sound. So we... We're in my buddy's car, and we followed under it. I don't mean directly. It was ahead of us, but we were behind it, so to speak. I knew a high point in my neighborhood that we could park, and there was an actual park there. It was one block from my house. At the top of the hill, off in the distance, was Baltimore City. Well, sure enough, we somehow got ahead of this, whatever this thing was. Parked the car, jumped out, ran to the park, and we were laying. We were literally laying on top of a hill. Rob, it came over top of us. It slowly now, this took 45 minutes. It circled out over around Baltimore City three times. Wow. The next time it went out, it stayed completely straight and just went out of sight. I bet
1: you any amount of money that I can find. Cooperating reports of the same instance. If it was a group encounter like that, it, I well, guarantee I, you I could I find statements
2: on it. Traffic was stopped for over a mile both directions. I'm not kidding you. It, it was the craziest. I I, I couldn't even believe it. I, I mean, I the funny thing is, we did not know what the hell we were seeing. You know, all we of know course. is it was 1987. We've never seen anything in the sky like this, no. and the thing that That shocked me and my friend the most was. It was a weather balloon. It made zero noise. Zero noise. (laughs) But the funny thing I was watching. Because I watch all those UFO shows. And all that good stuff. But there was a case in. I I don't remember if it was Montana. But there was a police officer. Like on a country road. And he saw the same exact thing. While he was. While he was seeing it. He drew a picture of it on his clipboard. Yep. But then my friend, uh, the female medium, she saw the same thing in 2000. I think seven. Now, am, am I sitting here saying it was E.T.? Absolutely not. But I have no idea of anything, you know, of what it could be.
1: No, absolutely. Not. You know, with the, with the zero sound, there has to be some kind of I don't even know. It had to be like a zero point reactor in it or some kind of anti-gravity field because if there's an anti-gravity field it'll actually
2: excuse me it'll take the sound away the sound will be on the inside of the field the funny thing is like i said the way it maneuvered you would think if it's just hovering and it wanted to go straight it would just go like this and go straight but it went up this way back down boom
1: that's and because rotating inside of that field is easier when you're skipping as opposed to yeah. flat nosing it this way. And the the, the proportion of weight is like, it, it's weird the
2: way that the, they work. The sad thing is, you know, with it being, you know, 1987, nobody's coming out of the movie theater and got their camera with them. You know, and that's yeah. the only way right. you capture things back then was with a camera. You know, it wasn't video, you know, all that. But all the
0: phones and everything.
2: The thing that that... Kind of made me realize I wasn't crazy was the traffic jam because I actually got in trouble. It was a school night and and my parents were strict, man. You know what I mean. And
1: then you're going home telling them that story. They're like, Yeah, so right. I was, yeah, okay. I was so damn
2: I was so damn late getting home because not only the traffic jam, but then we decided hell with it. We're going to follow this thing. So I, you know, I didn't get home till after midnight, and the movie let out like nine thirty, and what was I going to tell my mother? Right, like, Yeah, we were following a UFO. UFO. Yeah.
1: But that, that's wild. I love those stories. You know, one of my favorite stories of all time for UFOs, and it's its kind of like yours, but it's a little bit different as well. This young kid was, it must have been about 1934, 1935, lived in the middle of the country, somewhere between Kansas and Oklahoma. He lived in a farmhouse. And he came out in the morning and looked to his left, The field's out in front of him. He looks to his left, and he sees uh, uh, not like a triangle, but it was like a square type of craft, and it's landed now, right? So he's looking into the glass of of this ship, and he sees a human dressed in all silver. And the guy sees him, and they make eye contact, and then he hides behind the console. He turns back to get his father, turns back around, and it's gone. So it may not even be extraterrestrial it may be uh cruising through the path of time as opposed to you know out there or here and one of the things that i believe when it comes to time travel is that when you skip either forward or backwards you're not in the same timeline anymore you've gone to a different one
2: well look at it like and this this is really i mean this is really far-fetched but think of it this way you know people have visions of spirits and, you know, religious icons from the biblical days, you know, people see, uh, you know, horse drawn carriages and stuff along those lines in the spirit realm. What if What's to backwards? say that a, a, a flying saucer can't be paranormal in some sort of spirit realm,
0: yeah. right? for the future looking backwards and we happen to see them in the look.
2: Right. Uh, What's to say
1: that, that, like, here's the other thing that that, that could be a possibility, and it's a little far-fetched, but just like there's a medium who can see the spirits and the other people can't, there's certainly certain people who can see those UFOs and other people can't. It could be exactly the same justification as there is for entities, which is a wild thing to think about, which is why some see it and
2: some don't. I think the whole time parameter, whether you're talking about Energy, spirits, ghosts, UFOs—I I think the whole time parameter thing plays a very big part in everything that everyone experiences.
0: The the thing is though, they say time is linear. Only reason why we're saying time is linear is we only know it moves forward. You know, that's all we can adjust from from our knowledge. We haven't discovered or may not know about yet how to look backwards and forwards.
2: Let me let I me mean, uh, let me ask you this, Robin. I'm, by no means. Am I putting you on the spot with a question? No, man, I'm good. I I, I do it. it. Hopefully this will make sense. You said you like EVPs. Mm -hmm. What's every investigator say? When you ask a question, wait like 20 seconds. That spirit might need that amount of time to muster up the energy to provide you with a response. What if... Because of the time difference, the time parameter. What if that 20 seconds is actually how long it takes your voice to cross over to get to that spirit?
1: That's, that that is, a, is a really big possibility. Or considering that once you cross over to that side, time, of, I guess, would be infinite at that moment. So therefore, like it, it's almost like when a computer uploads or downloads, mm-hmm. you know, it has to transfer the file between the wire and the units. So now that burst of energy coming out of your mouth ends up transferring energy so they can actually hear it in the way that they would nor- like normally on so that time.
0: something done. to think about. What if we're the EVP to them who are answering in their time?
1: We definitely are. We definitely are. You don't, we have
2: you don't to be. realize how much evidence Dave and I have with a delay on it. Yep. Seriously. Like, you know, from flashlight tricks to, you know, to a, a, a phasma box, yep. uh, echo vox, EVPs, you know, there seems to always be some sort of delay. delay. Well, here's the other part of that too, is let's say that there is a veil,
1: right? Mm-hmm. There has to be weak points in the veil for that burst of energy to pass through, so it has to run along the veil until it finds that, and boop, there it goes. In
0: go through, yep,
1: that as well could be one of the possibilities. So it definitely has to do with that out
0: there, and that's what I was saying. Back to we're in our infancy at this point, there are so much more until we can figure it out physically, metaphysically, and, and spiritually. There, you know, and, and that's why I like so many of the ghost teams that are showing the stuff that are going on. You know, Nick Groff. Uh, I I love, you know, you know, I love all the shows. Um, and because they're they're trying different experiments and trying different equipment. And this this
2: goes right along with what Dave was saying. Um two public events ago, we the last two investigate public investigations we did, we were at the same place. Dave was a f- floor above oh. me. And he was running a phasma box. Well, I was doing some EVP work. I was asking questions. The floor above me, Dave was getting didn't the responses.
0: And, and didn't,
2: we didn't plan that. We didn't ask him to do that, Rob. It
0: didn't make sense to me. And I went, Ernie, I got a response here. And this is the response. Well, because you asked
2: me, His his question oh, to me was, and I don't know why who did you just text? And I'm like, what the hell is he asking me that for? Like, cause what happened was we're in the middle of our investigation. And you know, like I said, we're a floor apart and my old phone here, which is on its last leg, the vibration don't work no more. So I have to always keep my, the volume up in case of my calls or my wife right. or whatever. So during an EVP session, um, I get a message. Well, it happens to be from a friend of ours who's a very on one of the shows popular, you know, TV celebrity on a ghost show. Dave, in turn, asked me, "Who did I just message, or something like that?" And uh, because he got the response, "Quote, Ernie, he's filming."
0: Yep, and he and I, I, I let him know, Ernie, he, he's filming right now. Right. And that's what it, we started. All right, and well, it, let's try this. And we and we... the
2: thing was he wasn't filming, but he actually sent me a message, and I replied, "Hey, we're in the middle of an event. Hit you up tomorrow." But Dave got that response, and that was so weird that Dave calls me on a walkie and was like, "Hey, who'd you just text?" <laughs> I was like, wow,
1: it's pretty crazy. Maybe Dave was closer to the actual hole in which that would pass through, or. There was, like I said, maybe there's this mo there's points, and I, I this could be possible too. Is there's these points, right, where these portals are, shall we say, yep. and that's why some places are more active than others because <clears throat> things are pouring in and out of these these spots. And I think that that there's definitely, and, and, and that's where EMF comes in too. You know, so the EMF meter may also be picking up where this transfer of energy is taking place. That's why it's clicking the way it is. You know what I mean? That's why you're seeing that because that entity will be there but until it transfers its energy you're not going to pick it up.
0: Yep. And see that's why I love K2 meters. That that they're one of my favorite tools to use. The reason why is a lot of people don't know everybody's like trying to can you make the lights go up? They don't realize what a K2 meter is. A K2 meter is actually an electrician's tool. It yep. is not a paranormal tool. And it's made to find your electrical leaks and the higher the the leak you find the more light you get. Well, if you're in like a place like Haldeman Mansion all the way up in the attic where there's no electricity and it's pegging out with no electricity around you, why? Sure. We it's have a our, our YouTube channel. I was taken by Dream and Weber while we were doing an investigation there. Mike's in the doorway behind us. We actually had taken a thermal and it was 58 degrees or 53 degrees. I'm sorry, 53 degrees. And As we're talking, a REM pod started answering our questions for like 17 minutes. The temperature went down to the point where you could see your breath coming out, and it felt like somebody was stabbing you with ice. Wow! At the end of it, you could feel the whole thing move. Now, Mike was out in in, in a doorway. He wasn't with the session. He couldn't hear what we were saying. And he said, whatever you guys are talking with just blew by me. And literally, the temperature went from 32 degrees back up to 53
1: degrees. Maybe that cold is when it, it goes through those spots. Yep. There's like this residual effect to them that's this chill because they are passing from one
2: side to the other.
1: And, you have to, and that energy produces for, that cold.
2: For them to interact with us, they have to draw from the natural yeah, energy, energy in yeah. the air yep. which automatically is going to make it cold. Yep. Or draw
1: from you, yeah. which is making
0: you colder because yeah. you're they're
1: sapping you a little bit, you know?
2: Absolutely.
0: That's but, wild. Because, like, literally, you know, when we metered it, it went down to 32 degrees. You could actually see your breath up there. Now, there's 20 people up in this attic. It should have gotten hotter. So, it should have gotten hotter, not colder. And it went from 53 down, degrees down to 32 degrees. We metered it. And you hear us talking on the video. Everybody's going, It's getting cold in here. Oh, my God, it's cold. And, you know, everybody, you can hear everybody in the group saying it's cold. And as we're talking, you wild. can actually see the breath coming out. And when it left, you hear Mike in the background going, it just blew by me. And it <laughs>
2: looked,
0: went right back up.
2: And there's no bigger skeptic than Mike yeah, King. Yeah, Mike so. King's the biggest skeptic. Yeah, he's the biggest advantage. skeptic you'll ever meet.
1: Right. Now, now this leads me to the question that I ask everybody that's in Paranormal Ernie. I think I've asked you this already, but I'm going to ask you to answer it again. Right. And this is a kind of like a multi-part question. What do you feel? Why? Uh, I'm going to phrase it right. What do you think these entities are? Why do you think they cross over? And what exactly is happening when
2: they cross over? I'll keep it as brief as I can. I feel when a person passes away, scientifically, it's known as energy. To me, being a Roman Catholic, it's their soul. Mm -hmm. I feel that for whatever reason some folks have trouble finding the light crossing over into paradise. However, once they cross, I feel they can come back. Absolutely. Now, from that standpoint, they could come back for many reasons. They miss you. They miss something. They miss life. They miss their house, whatever. I don't, think they come back like i i said on your other show i don't think they come back just to walk around the mall there's a reason as investigators it's up to us to help that spirit fi- and figure out that reason for them help them and guide them with it you know what i mean um i think spirits can see impending doom okay um they may just want to come back to comfort you
0: to to uh, protect you with, with that part of it, you know. To me, being a lay minister, you know, my opinion. This is my personal opinion. If you cross over to heaven and you're you're in paradise, what is paradise to you? God wouldn't just say, "Come sit next to me," and this is this is you're, you're done here. God's going to look at you and go, "You want to see your family? You want to see your friends? You want to watch your your grandchildren grow?" He's not going to just hold you in a place in a, like a prison there. Right. He's going to let you come back. Right. And visit your your kids, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren and watch and learn until the final judgment day.
1: Right. I mean I, I think that makes a lot of sense and there's no wrong answers to this, but and I, and I agree with you, but to piggyback off that even further now, since we were just talking about how time might pass differently over there. And if they are, they do have this message or this moment where they're meant to either bestow knowledge upon you or warn you, or even just to say hi, them waiting wherever they're waiting while they, other people may be investigating the place. Time could be different for them. So they're there longer where it would be that 200 year gap for us. But to them, maybe in those instances, it feels like 10 minutes yeah. or it could feel like infinity to them. And they're, they trying to interact with anybody and everybody to keep themselves entertained because oh, time is passing as such. We don't know whether it's faster or slower, so it could go either way.
0: Absolutely. I
1: absolutely. think that, that's awesome. That, that's a lot of things to think about. We just definitely gave people.
2: like oh, Rob, it can go off in so many different directions. Oh yeah. You know, I, I agree. There was a, um, without giving too much detail away, um, there was a chapter I wrote in my book about an occurrence that my, my grandmother experienced where someone visited, visited her. I mean, a living person visited her. Well, come to find out now we're, we're talking 13. They live 13 hours apart. Um, sure. Shortly after he had come to visit my grandmother. We got word that he was killed. Now, where he was killed was even further from his home. He was out working. So the moral of the story is he was never at my grandmother's house. Now she's not crazy. It's a very religious woman, never drank or drugged the day in her life. But I feel that she experienced what is a prophetic vision where a vision of a, a living person that, that subconsciously they want to get a message to you and they can actually spirit, spiritually visit you while they're still alive and not even know it's happening. Wow. But based on the location and the, the time frame in real life, there was no way he could have visited my grandmother based on the time of his death. That,
1: there's so many occurrences that are sort of, you know, they're, they're different in that sense, too. Like we hear a lot about those as well. While they're alive or right after they've passed, they go to people immediately or, you know, it's it's such a crazy thing. And, you know, that leads me to one of the other topics that we were going to talk about tonight. Well, we still have about 15 minutes left and I have a chart that I want to show people because I think it's interesting and it kind of coincides with what we're talking about and how this the the paranormal has become so much more mainstream and we're not on the fringes anymore. So now that we're on on the fringes anymore and with these groups on Facebook and these podcasts, we can find a lot of like-minded people in these groups where we can do what we did tonight, which was where we could piggyback off each other and speculate on what is really going on there. So, and it's crazy because, you know, there's so many different, They'll say that there are conspiracy theories that are probably conspiracy facts. We just haven't proven them to be yet. So one of the things that I did was I looked up this most common belief in the U.S., which, of course, we're from the U.S., from ghosts to aliens. We've touched on both of those tonight. And basically what they did at Chapman University is they took 1,207 random people across the United States, and they found that most common parallel belief among participants was the belief that ancient civilizations like Atlantis existed with 55% agreeing strongly or just agreeing. And that's the beginning of it. You know, we could talk about it for a while. We're going to go through a couple of them. But, you know, when we look at this chart, right, you see the next one is places can be haunted by spirits. So from where it used to be, I would say it was more towards between the 25 and the 19 area here. Right. In the last five years, it has gained enough traction that it's at 52 percent uh, opposed. Well, you know, the, the other one, only thing leading it is ancient civilizations, which means that maybe history isn't exactly as we as we think it is. <laughs> so you're talking about a lot of different things that like, you know, people are looking at this in such a different way that I can only imagine what's going to be the next steps and how many people are waking up. To this fact that there are these places that are truly not, you know, they're not dark, they're not light. They're just entities there and they're doing something. I mean, uh, you can see it. I mean, I think it's pretty wild. Wouldn't you say that? You know
2: what? Yeah. yeah. But Absolutely. you know what? You know what, what comes to mind, though, Rob? A big, my belief, a big part of the whole paranormal thing is... Look how it's investigated and researched today. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, the only reason, in my opinion, say 80 years ago, the field wasn't where it is today, not only because of the technology, but I mean, generally speaking, is what what I'm saying is the only reason it, it wasn't popular back then It just wasn't a hot topic like it is now. I think if 80 years ago, people would have brought it mainstream, we'd be much further along. But for whatever reason, it was always, like we said earlier, associated with evil.
0: Yeah. Unless unless you
2: were looking at it from a religious
0: aspect. Let's go back to Salem, Massachusetts. Right, exactly. The burning of the witches. Yeah. Because the, there were children saying, oh, she's affecting me. Something that simple. They're a witch. Right. If you would have said, oh, I saw a ghost, you're being burned at a stake. Right. Right. See, like what you said, Rob, you think that
2: paranormal, the belief, was somewhere between the 19 and 25%. Okay? It's a little more than doubled over the past few years. Oh, yeah. And why is that? Because everybody's into it. Because it's Well, if everyone would have been into it. Yep. 80 to 100 years ago, it would have been this way then. Well, the thing is, I I, I think it's social media
0: that has actually held well, yeah. this 100% forward. It
1: shines a light on it where more like-minded people can come together. It definitely gives people a place to congregate Asian because, technology. you know... I like technology. Well, that's it too, you know, And but it's also even more, wor- even with the word of mouth side of it, right. it's become more, more uh, not more mainstream but more, there's more To it you know it's just in all Facets whether it be technology Evidence or Theories and there's more people Focusing on it and I think that That also has to do with the sign of the times Too there's a lot of things happening That people can't explain So what else Can't be explained which is what this chart is indicative Of and you know we can't explain this
2: So what else is a mystery I think I think to add to it Like you said How many people are focused on it now Okay, with all that focus, all them thoughts, and all that energy in the same going the same direction, it's bringing the the uh, manifesting it. It's bringing the spirit realm to life because it's probably like, you know, hey guys, fuel on the fire. Yeah, we can get these messages across now. You know what I mean? It's like if you're stranded on an island and you're figuring out for a decade how to get the hell off this island and you know, all of a sudden you see help coming. You're going to be like, hey, down here, down yep. here. You know what I mean? And I think all this energy and and just all this love and passion that everybody's putting in, and it's always through electronics, I, I, I think it's it's just boosting everything up.
1: I like that. I like the sound of that, I, and I, I completely agree. I agree. The, you know, they say when uh, people – let's just use prayer, for example. They say when people pray in a group – it's stronger in the congregation. That's why they made congregations to begin with, was that this group prayer had more power. Even back before they even understood what power really was, they knew this to be fact
2: because they could feel it. Right. Well, we did did an experiment in 2017. And it was our first year participating in World's Largest Ghost Hunt. And the two hosts which covered the entire event was Brian Cano and Scotty Rourke. Now this was locations all over the world. Yep. We're investigating simultaneously. Okay.
0: Hundreds of locations. Shotgun started at 10 PM Eastern standard time. And
2: the objective for that specific year was Scotty and Brian had a password that no one knew except those two. With all the different time parameters, locations, and venues, with everyone's energy focused on the same event at the same time, their goal was to see if that password could get passed from them to one of us throughout the world.
0: You get hmm. what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, that's that's yeah. an experiment I'd love to do too. Had, just
0: uh, to to figure yeah. it out. We um we were at, we were talking about this on another show, and we weren't sure. I talked to Maria and one of the teams actually came up with the password. Good. Good. And That's now, wild. That's Brian, wild It's not a common word. No. If you know, yeah. If, yeah, we, if you know Brian Cano, you you know yeah, he's, a, he's not yeah. gonna come up with something civil like Smile, yeah. yeah he's
2: a very good dude and very knowledgeable and very methodic in the, yeah.
0: the way they he They still won't tell what the word was, but they actually told me that a team did come up with it. All right.
1: That's wild guys. That's wild. So what's next for besides stepping into the paranormal, of course, we know is going to Roku. What's next for you guys on an investigation level?
2: Oh man. Well, we were already asked before we even exited the building to host another event at the Samuel Miller mansion in sure. Columbia, PA. Um, we'll actually be there, um, for that private investigation with and some other more. investigators in a couple of weeks. Um, big events coming up. We have the um paranormal relief project. Yep, that's in we have, May. We're already booking for um the Gettysburg Battlefield okay. Bash 2021. So there, there's a lot up and coming. Um, we're currently working on and looking into um two residential cases that came our way this week. So well, it, it's starting to build up already, okay. actually. Man, we didn't get a break. Even the, the pandemic and the winter, and we didn't get much of a break, man. We no
1: breaks, break. baby. No breaks. That's how it goes, man. i tell you. The when it's abundant, it's abundant. Project. It's I crazy.
0: A little bit. Um, what we're doing is um, uh, Tori Smith uh, from the Paranormal Help Desk, she is an angel on people's shoulders. What she's doing is she started this project, and we were on board in a heartbeat, but we've gotten venues all across the United States, and this is specifically free ghost hunts to those who are on the front lines the first responders doctors nurses police fire ambulance all that and they can bring one person with them so we've got i think 40 now oh hell no man it's it's, it's the damn
2: near 80 locations no, is it really? yeah. what it, it's wow. kind of it's kind of going to operate like world's largest ghost hunt it's um basically like dave said it's for people that's worked through this whole pandemic yes. that are paranormal enthusiasts that have never been that's never been to, and want to go and you know once you get vetted and you really are who you say you are you can pick your local whatever location whatever you, you go want
0: across the United
2: States, United States and they're going to be investigated at the same time the same night and um you know we were one of the first on board with Tori um you know to get her help her out get stuck, whatever and she done a fabulous job. Oh, oh, my she's, goodness. She's she has amazing. done such a fabulous job. But we will be at the Melvern Manor, yep. which is owned by Josh Hurd from G-Crew. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody knows G-Crew is uh, Josh Hurd and Nick Groff and Johnny Houser and Chad Lindbergh. So we will be there with Tori and Josh, and we will be leading the investigation and investigating the Melvern Manor for the Paranormal Relief Project. Yep.
1: I think that that is such an awesome thing, guys, and and you know, the giving giving not just giving back, but being able to do that is it's a gift, you know, to give back to these people who sacrifice so much. And if there's anything that I can do to help that out, I'll just let me know, and I'm here to do whatever you need. And you because know I, I agree with that 100. You know percent. I
2: think is going to be a good, and this is getting, and I don't mean this to sound twisted. These doctors and nurses, and don't get me wrong, man. I'm I'm a cop. I see the worst of the worst on a daily basis. But take into consideration what these doctors and nurses yeah. have seen during this pandemic, pandemic you know, and the God death bless. and the suffering. Now, you can only imagine where their mind is, right, Rob? Oh, my God. Take them on a real paranormal investigation and show them the reality and the peace of the other side.
1: Well, you're showing them that what they saw towards they thought was the end isn't truly the end,
2: and you give bring, them that hope, bring them some self-uh, yes, you know, whether it's satisfaction or closure, like wow, this really is peaceful, you know what I mean? Must right? They moved right. on, they didn't
0: order some of the stuff in the paranormal, and she's just been amazed by it,
1: right? That's that is awesome, you know. I didn't even think about it until you just said that, but be giving them that 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 peace of mind that it's not over it's just over there right you know what i mean exactly
0: and, and it's the death of the physical body but it might be the beginning of the metaphysical aspect
2: right and if you can just give somebody that hope yeah that small glimpse of of peace or clo- for a split second right. They may. It, it, who knows? It may help them in dealing with people when they go back to work. You never know. That's true. Yeah. You, you know what? We never know how we truly
1: touch people until after the fact, Rick. Whatever facet of life it is. Yeah. But I think that that is such a great, guys. That is such a, an awesome thing to help these people out and give them that. That.
0: He just lost the internet again. Oh, Rob, where'd you go? Rob, where'd you go? I think you lost the internet again. Well, we'll keep talking here. So, how you been? I'm good, man. I don't know if you can actually hear us or not. Hey, we're back. We're back. back. We, we My, kept the show going. I know, but, you know, it that happened
1: before, right before we came on, too. It's, it gave us almost two hours before it did it again. <laughs> but just to repeat myself, if there's any way I can help in any shape, form, or fashion, please let me know. I would love to be a part of it in any, in awesome. any way.
2: Well, actually, Tori messaged me during tonight's broadcast, so uh, I, I will let her know that, man. That, Definitely, Rob. We really you. appreciate that, man.
1: So we're getting right up to the end. So what we're gonna do, guys, is I'm gonna give you guys a couple of minutes, tell everybody where they can find you, and some you know some closing statements, and then I'm gonna take us home. I just want to say, guys, this has been another amazing episode. I love chatting with you guys. It's like we're just having a conversation, not even an interview. I'm just picking your brain. I admire you guys, and I love the show. I love what you guys do, and it's my honor, and and you know, I, I'm truly honored to be able to sit here. And I feel privileged to have talked to you guys again this evening. It's so we, awesome. The same, same,
0: same exact way, way back. Way. To you, thank my you, friend. Rob. Thank you. Thank you for having us on the show. You can uh, find us at www.paranormalinc.net. That's P A R A N O R M A L I N C.net. That links us to our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. It also has, uh, if you need to message us, uh, it has a way to get in touch with us on there as well. Email, guests, email, phone number, phone number, yeah. everything. We you need. we have
2: a, a phone number you can call. You can call if us if you need, need to. Us.
0: Yeah. Yep. And it it'll, it'll actually send a message to both of us at the same time.
2: Um, be sure to check us out. We're switching over to Roku
0: TV as of tomorrow. No, we're adding onto Roku. Adding right? We're not on, switching out. You know, we'll still be on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook, yeah. That's YouTube. what i but We're adding.
2: i I mean, yeah. We're going. I know what he meant. Yeah. Um. Also, for those of you watching or listening or whatever, how you're hearing us, send a request on Facebook to Paranormal Inc. It's a closed page. Yep. No judgment, all love, all fun, all education. Feel free to come on air and post away, man, all your evidence. If you have a podcast, if you have a story, that's what it's for, man. It's one love. It's unity. And it's to bring everyone together into paranormal.
0: Yeah. All the reason why we keep it as a closed page is there's a lot of people out there that just spam accounts. And that way, you, you, if you created one yesterday, guess what? Most likely you're not a real Yeah. Account. So just find Paranormal is. Inc. It's, yep. you'll see it's Dave, right on our webpage. You'll so. see Dave and
2: I's mug on there. Just uh, send us a, a request.
1: So awesome. And guys, Paranormal Inc. is truly incredible. I love, I love the group. I love your guys' show. Again, thank you guys for coming on. I also want to thank the audience for tuning in tonight. I have a ton of gratitude. We're starting off the new year. Truly amazing. And I love all you guys out there. And and Melinda's out there watching us too. She's she was just live doing readings. Love you, girl. And uh dude, I love you guys too. And I know I, I, I can't wait to bring you guys back on and have another conversation. I it's truly an awesome, awesome show, guys. Can't so, wait to come back. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're going to have you here a ton of times, so guys, look out for it. I just wanted to let everybody know um, we have a special uh, episode on Thursday night. We have Ole Demogard. He's going to be coming on. He is a conspiracy investigator. He has uncovered so many things about the JFK assassination, Operation 40, uh, the pandemic itself right now. He is an epic mind, something that he's just, he's so incredible. I can't wait to talk to him as well. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I appreciate it, and I hope you'll have a great rest of the evening. One love, y'all.